Hi, listeners. Welcome back to Adopting the Podcast. As always, I'm so excited to be your host for this journey. I'm Nicole Witt, Executive Director of the Adoption Consultancy, where we guide pre-adoptive parents step-by-step through the adoption journey. In Adopting the Podcast, we're going to focus on the issues, questions, and concerns you have as you get started in your adoption journey. This is for people just considering adoption, brand new to adoption, or very early in the process who are trying to get their questions answered and figure out their best path forward, learn about what to expect, and generally how the process works. Now, we all know that social media has changed just about every aspect of our life, and adoption is no exception. We talked on a previous episode about using social media for outreach to expectant moms with the goal of finding a match. Today, we're going to talk about some other roles that social media has when it comes to adoption. The topic of long-term interaction between adoptive families and birth families is outside the purview of this podcast, so we're going to look at more short-term and medium-term contact. Specifically, I'm talking about during the course of a match and shortly after placement. So we're going to discuss the pros and cons of using social media to support these interactions. We're also going to talk about some of the do's and don'ts about what to share and what not to share and how to decide what falls into each category. So joining me today for our conversation is Joanna Ivey. Joanna is an adoptee, an adoptive mother, and the owner and founder of our Chosen Child Adoption Profile Design. Thank you so much for being here today, Joanna. Thank you, Nicole. I appreciate you having me on. Great. So talking about after a match has been made, but before the baby has been born, this is usually a critical time in the formation of the relationship between the expectant parent or parents and the adoptive parent or parents, regardless of how that relationship may look down the road. So, you know, when we meet new people in other aspects of our lives, it seems that these days, one of the very first things we do is connect with each other on social media, as that can be such an easy way to stay in contact. What are your thoughts about expectant parents and hopeful adoptive parents connecting on social media right at the start of their relationship? I worked in adoption for almost 20 years. And in that time, I've seen really the most amazing open adoption relationships. And I've also seen, you know, other relationships that can be a lot more problematic. And, you know, for myself being on social media, you know, I have friends I haven't seen in 20 years. But through the power of Facebook and social media, we're still a part of each other's lives Mm -hmm. and have really close relationships. However, we didn't start our relationship on social media. We started our relationship through, you know, one-on-one contact and getting to know each other. From my perspective, that's where relationships should be built because those relationships are much more authentic than the persona that we often put out on social media. Right. There's also a lot more really problematic aspects to being social media friends with an expectant parent during the match phase. Problematic for the expectant parents and also problematic for the adoptive parents. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And we're definitely going to get into some of the specifics of that. 
Um, and unfortunately, that's probably an easier question in terms of what are some of the negatives versus what are some of the positives. But before yeah. we talk about some of the negatives, are there any positives that you think of that can come out of connecting that early via social media that, that maybe can't be achieved through more traditional methods of communication? In thinking about it, I would liken it to the dating process. And when you meet someone through an app and you're interested in dating them, often what people will do is look them up on social media and do a deep dive. Yep. And by that, a little stalking. (laughs) A little stalking, you know, going all the way back through their posts, seeing who their friends are, seeing who they like. And I think when adoptive parents and expectant parents connect on social media, they're absolutely doing the same thing. And sometimes that can lead to a feeling of, oh, I really agree with them, you know, mm-hmm. politically or religiously, or they look like great people. And it can lead to a real sense of connection, right? You kind of right like pretty quickly, right? And get each other. So I can see that as being a positive aspect of connecting on social media. However, I don't think I can say that the positives outweigh the negatives or the potential challenges, let's say. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about some of the areas of concern or the guidelines about what to share and not to share. And let's kind of see if we can break that up. I mean, obviously there's going to be overlap here, but let's see if we can break that up into kind of three different time periods. So sort of immediately upon match, then maybe during the course of the match, once you know each other a little bit, and then in those very emotional kind of early days right after a placement. So starting kind of right at the time of the match. So, you know, at this point, the expected mom knows whatever the hopeful adoptive parents have put in their profile. And that's pretty much it. And the hopeful adoptive parents know sort of what the agency summary included about her. And and that's pretty much it. So starting at that, a lot of people, of course, hopeful adoptive parents are so excited about announcing their match on social media. What are your thoughts about that and any parameters they should consider any do's and don'ts? So for those adoptive parents who do want to share their excitement with the world, I think they'll likely turn to social media to do it because that's the best way to share the news with all of their family and friends. But I think it's important to have some parameters and some expectations in place, first and primarily to protect the expectant parent's privacy. Mm -hmm. I'd also limit sharing details about the expectant family. You know, people on social media can be a bit judgy. And make assumptions based on limited information. It's also really important to have the expectant parents' permission to share. If anything, I think the one benefit of sharing publicly about a match and throughout the match on social media is that you really take on the role of being an educator to your family and friends. Right. Not everyone understands adoption today. A lot of older relatives might see adoption the way it used to be. Not everyone is pro-adoption. You know, adoptive parents will often get a lot of comments like, good for you for saving this baby. Right. And it's really important to use all of those teachable moments to educate people 
that no, it is the expectant parents who are doing such a wonderful thing. And we are just grateful to be a part of their plan. Yeah. Expectant parents are reading those comments, how incredibly hurtful that would be. And that's the pitfalls because once you're on social media, it is open to everyone to comment, to see, to make assumptions. And if your audience includes the expectant parents, um, they're particularly vulnerable at this stage. It's also really important not to say our birth mom is due whenever. Right. <laughs> because she's not your birth mom. She is an expectant parent who's pregnant, who's considering adoption with you. Right. And by posting and sharing you know, for the expectant parent, it almost creates this sense of obligation that I can't burst their happiness bubble, that I can't change my mind, that everyone's counting on me to go through with this. And as it's always said, you know, the expectant parents make their decision twice, right? Once when they choose adoption, and then again, after they've given birth. Right. So by laying claim to this baby in this pregnancy, for adoptive parents before the birth, boy, that can be really tough for expectant parents. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I was going to get to that point about just putting that undue pressure on them. I, I think that's yeah. an important point. But also circling back to um, something that you said before about people stalking each other on social media, right? So yes, everything you said makes all the sense in the world if you are social media friends. It also makes sense if you're not, right? Because People aren't always great at managing their privacy settings on social media, but even if they are, somebody else can copy and paste and repost. So once you're putting it out there, you completely lose control over it, no matter how you think you have your settings set up or who you're friends with or whatever. So that's, you know, that's an important point, I think, to consider as well. Yes, absolutely. That's a huge part of it. And, you know, the other concern is that not everyone has your best interests at heart. Not everyone understands how to lock down privacy. Right. Be great at it, but your husband couldn't or your, you know, your aunt who's sharing the news. Yeah. And we need to keep in mind that anywhere from 10 to 30 percent of especially early matches don't evolve to a placement. So in those matches where things go sideways, by being friends on social media, you're giving someone a lot of your private information. Photos can be downloaded and people can see the geotags about Mm -hmm. where you live and where you've been. Everything can be screenshotted and it could not be the expectant parents. They could be fabulous, but, you know, every family has a crazy uncle, right? Good point. (laughs) Right. So there's a lot of kind of problematic liability by opening things up, especially early in the match. Right. And not just from the expecting parents. And and like you said, everything can be screenshotted, everything can be downloaded, everything can be forwarded. So privacy on Facebook is not private. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, during once that match is established and people are kind of progressing throughout the pregnancy, so maybe they've been building a relationship over a few months or so, do your recommendations or your thoughts change at all during that time? You know, like any relationship, I think as you develop trust between each other and boundaries with each other, you start to understand the extended family and the support that they have or don't have. You know, I think that needle moves a little bit for how much you can share. How comfortable are you with them sharing? Because this goes both ways. So as you develop a relationship, hopefully in person or on the phone or texting or FaceTiming, as you develop that relationship, I think you can start to loosen a little bit with your Mm -hmm. relationship on social media, but still with the you know, primarily the parameters for privacy for the expecting parents, not posting things that are going to make them feel obligated, giving ownership to the baby. And I would say it's, you know, education always for people within your current family and friends list. So educating them on how to have respectful relationships, the benefits of open adoption, why we are not saving a child, expectations for hospital and placement. I think it's hard to do, but I think certainly the needle moves in the direction of it being okay to be a bit more open. Yeah. And I think those are really great parameters, almost a checklist for people to have in their mind, you know, before they post anything. Now, once a placement happens, obviously that's a bit of a tumultuous time, right? There's so many different and even conflicting emotions kind of happening all at the same moment amongst all the parties involved. But of course, you know, people want to post, right? Like when people give birth, they want to go ahead and post that right away, right? So when you're, you've adopted, you finally brought this child into your home, you want to share that news, which is very happy news for the adoptive family. But again, it can be just such an incredibly difficult and emotional time for the birth family. So any advice on how people should navigate those days when it comes to social media? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'd like to start by saying that when someone at the outset is thinking about whether or not to connect with expectant parents on social media, before they do that, I think they should be very thoughtful about what is going to happen after she gives birth and we have the baby, because that is the most difficult part of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, imagine if your sister, who is your best friend, has a late term pregnancy loss. She has a stillborn child. And a week later, you give birth. How would you treat that on social media? Because you would probably feel shredded inside, sharing your good news, Mm -hmm. knowing that your sister is grieving so deeply. And if you do develop this wonderful, trusting friendship with the birth parents, that's a bit of how you are going to feel. And if that worries you, I say that it it should worry you because as you've developed this relationship with her on social media, 
you're not just going to go dark after the birth, mm -hmm. right? You're going to want to share it with everyone. And you're going to have to navigate the fact that this is probably the most difficult day or week of her life. While it is the greatest joy you've ever had. And how do you hold those two truths at the same time? And again, keeping in mind that your family and friends are going to be ecstatic and it's just going to be this joy filled, you know, celebration. And the birth mom is seeing all of that, you know, while she's home alone crying. Right. So right. it is, I, I think that's just an incredibly difficult time period. And that time period should really be thought about before you enter into building a relationship on social media. I think that's a really effective analogy. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. And I think that ties right into, you know, that there are a lot of agencies out there that that suggest or even require no social media posting until not only until after the placement, but sometimes until after finalization. And yes. although, you know, that can be very difficult for the adoptive parents who, you know, of course, want to share their great news. You know, I think that's really the reason for it. Right. And and that protects um, the birth parents. And that's yeah. I, and I think that as people get to know each other, you know, if they're not yet social media friends and, and they kind of yes. hold off, then they can actually have those conversations before they become social media friends and talk about, yes. hey, you know, what and when and how are you comfortable, you know, with, with what we might post and, and vice versa. And having, you know, having the relationship get to a point where they can have that conversation before they become social media friends, I, I think has a lot of benefit to it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think agencies that say that you can't post on social media until placement or finalization, they have good reason for doing that. The social workers, you know, they are the boots on the ground. They are working with the expectant parents and the birth parents. They're getting feedback from them, what it's like when all of this is on social media. They've seen the pitfalls, they've seen it go wrong. So I think it's really good to listen to that advice because it's probably there for a very good reason. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Okay, so I wanted to throw out sort of a couple of general do's and don'ts about posting online, but we've actually addressed several of them already in terms of keeping in mind that anything you post lives, lives forever. And I think an important part of that is actually not just with the adoptive family and the birth family, but also for the child right? Yes, they may absolutely. see what someday what you've posted, whether it's something about their birth parents or their birth family or, or, or not just sort of a general comment about the adoption that maybe doesn't age well, you know, you change your perspective on things or whatever. So I, I think that, you know, we've touched on that, but I think that's really important to keep in mind. Again, I mentioned, you know, having conversations beforehand about what you might post and so on. But Thoughts about having clear boundaries about who you will and won't accept friend requests from, right? So not just the birth parents, but let's talk about some of the extended birth family or even some of their friends. Any suggestions on how people can manage that? Yeah, I mean, it can get pretty sticky 
you know, there could be grandparents that want to stay in touch. There could be, like you said, friends who think we're kind of all one big happy family now, which which you might be, and that could be great. But a lot of people are less comfortable having a lot of people in the pie who could be sharing photos of their child online. And I would also say that, you know, the expectant parents having the conversation with them first, because they might not want everyone involved in the relationship. They might want to keep it more private. And no matter who you accept friend requests from, I think the other piece is to discuss if it is okay or not okay to share posts and photos. And again, once those are out there, it's the wild, wild west. It can right. be shared by anyone to anyone. And regardless of how amazing the expectant parents or birth parents are, there are a lot of people that don't have you or the child's best interests in mind. Yep, absolutely. One of the other um, points, and I think everybody has learned this the hard way in social media, especially in its early days, was avoiding any any heat of the moment type posts, right? And this might not even be anything, I'm not suggesting, you know, don't say anything negative about the birth parents, because that's just so obvious. But you know, when you're in the midst of the stress of an adoption, you know, and it could be some venting about the adoption process itself, or something like that, that that's so important to avoid posting something like that, again, for many other reasons, including, you know, that the child could see it someday. But any anything you want to add to that point? Yeah, you know, especially I imagine posts about, oh my gosh, the adoption process is so expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't believe I had to drain my 401k for this. Wow, not only will your child someday feel differently about that, but the birth or expectant parents don't want to hear that. You know, that sets up a whole, you know, who's making the money in adoption and why didn't I get more? And we haven't even talked about finances and adoption and how that, you know, is important to keep off of social media. Absolutely. A big, big don't (laughs) for social media. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, here are two other points that I just want to touch on before we wrap up. Every new parent has frustrations, right? And there is very typical parent venting that happens online about everyday frustrations that may have absolutely nothing to do with adoption. However, if you're connected to your child's birth family on social media, that's probably really something you should avoid. What do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, can you imagine how helpless the birth parents would feel seeing my child's been crying all night, I can't get her to stop, or you know, we had 16 stitches. I mean, what a helpless feeling if they are seeing this at a distance and not be able to jump in and help, you know, or a question, you know, what was my toddler doing on a trampoline? Right. (laughs) Right. So it's probably a good idea to keep those things off of social media. Yeah. And on the flip side of that is, is positive news, right? And how might they feel if they see some big positive news online and that's how they're 
learning about it, right? Right, right. And that I think that goes back to your personal relationship, well, expectant or birth parents. That should be the primary place for sharing news. If you are a single mom and you're getting married, or if you're taking an international trip, you know, something that is going to be important to the child's future, discuss that in person. The personal relationship is primary. Social media is, you know, for announcements to kind of your larger group, but mm -hmm. personal is primary for anything that's important. Yep, absolutely. Great advice, Joanna. Thank you for sharing your perspective with us as both an adoptee and an adoptive mom. Again, my guest has been Joanna Ivey, who's owner and founder of Our Chosen Child Adoption Profile Design. And you can find her on her website at ourchosenchild.com. But of course, listeners, most of all, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. I hope you've heard some things today that you might want to think more deeply about or explore further before putting any adoption-related information on social media. Take care, and I'll catch you next time.